0: Hello, I'm Emma Walsh, I'm the CEO of Parents at Work and I'll be your host for today's special event discussion. And if it's the first time you've joined us today for a special event, welcome. Um, We have over 100 people registered for this session and it's no surprise because increasingly the challenges of managing work and fatherhood really are becoming very topical. And really that's what these Working Dads Connect sessions are all about. So please share these uh, events with Dads in Your Network because at Parents at Work we're really proud to sponsor these special events because they really are designed uniquely to assist dads with juggling uh, career and family life. So really, what are we discussing today? Well, this month, this Working Dads Connect, we focus on being a modern working dad who has the major role of caring responsibilities while raising children, and specifically we're going to be talking about how do you keep your relationships alive, particularly as you're raising family and a really busy career. And some of the things that I thought we might share as we start with our discussion today is really getting a good sense of you know, really what are some of the key challenges by talking to some experts. So we've asked Alex Laguna, he's a father of four and founder of Better Dads, and I'll let him explain a little bit more about what Better Dads objective is. And we're also joined by Samuel Eddy. He is an executive coach and counsellor and does specialise in supporting people, manage work and family life. So, gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thanks, So,
0: thank you. I thought it would be useful if we started our discussion by really having a thought um, and really reflecting on what are some of the challenges that um, we talk about today as as working parents. And I thought there would be six key things that we talk about. I'm interested in starting a conversation about what is the reality of being a modern working dad? What are some of the factors that are really at play here? And I'll share a couple of those thoughts in a moment and I would be really interested in your responses. I thought we'll talk about building stronger relationships and how do you actually go about doing that when you're trying to be all things dad and and all things um, working professional? And what happens when it doesn't go to plan and relationships start to break down? Um, What are some of the key things that we need to be thinking about? And obviously what plays into this a lot um, is this whole debate around shared care. Um, There's been lots of media attention around just what men's role is and, you know, is it equal to women's around sharing care. I'd be really interested in your insights today. Um, But as we go a little deeper, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on broaching, yeah, tricky subjects. You know, how do you start to have some of those critical conversations that perhaps we all know we have to be having at home with your partner, but even sometimes more difficultly with um, an ex-partner? And while we're doing all of that, how do we actually find time to spend with friends and family? Um, you know, things that are really important to you and having those things in your life. And the reason this is all really important as I lead into this conversation is this is what it's like for a modern working parent. And we did some research around what are the factors at play, um, when parents are are working that um, sometimes we are literally going about our daily lives and, and don't reflect on, but when you do it's pretty sobering. Because the reality is that for many um, working households there are in fact two parents working and that pressure to be financial provider and uh, perhaps primary carer is on the rise where both parents are doing that, whereas obviously traditionally you might have had one being the primary carer and one being the financial provider. What happens when you've got two people doing both in a family? Um, The average hours that we're working are increasing. The fact that, as we know, technology... Um, keeps us 24-7 connected to work and uh, really how do we um, deal with even things like the daily commute? Uh, for many people it's over three hours to get to work and back again and uh, if we haven't had the optimal eight hours sleep, you know, how on earth are we managing it all? And I reflect on this even with our own friends and family, around every year it seems to get more and more expensive to raise a family. So it's no surprise that being a modern working parent, when you look at that pretty sobering list, um, is pretty challenging. So I thought that's a good starting point for our discussion. So I thought, Alex, we might start with you. Um, let's start with your story, first of all. You're a dad, actually, with two families. I remember meeting you for the first time and you you putting it to me like that and thinking, yeah, wow, that's um, that's a challenge. You know, often a, and that's not necessarily everyone's lived experience. And uh, so I'd be interested in hearing from you about that, but how much of this modern working dad intro I've just given ring true for you?
1: Ah, uh, all of it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, all of it. it, um, it, it it's, it's interesting because, you know, as a dad, you know, we talk about we, we want to be involved in our kids, you know, we, you know, maybe, you know, the modern day dad, or you know, we, we do want to be involved, and uh, we feel good being involved with mm. our children in that, and you know, and we also know it's important. Um, so yeah, the the juggle of of trying to make it all work, um, or you know. The, there is a lot of stress involved mm. Um, mm. in trying to make that happen mm. uh, and when all those things you're talking about uh, yeah there's 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 things uh, you know there are things that we need to do to to make it happen mm. Uh, mm. and there are things there are things we can do um, you know within our families and within our workplaces to to try and facilitate being being a you know a, a, well, not a, a better dad, but being being a really involved father, mm. you know, getting the most out of um, being an involved father with mm. your family and work, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's all very real. And it's, you know, a lot of people, which is why we're here and why mm. it's really topical, a lot of dads don't, we don't really talk about it. Mm. We don't really discuss what these pressures on us are, mm. you know, and mm. we're trying to, take a lot of it on board. You know, socially mm. we are now expected to do a lot more. Mm. Yeah, it, and like I said, we want to be involved, which brings on its own set of challenges, you know, personally, but, you know, expectations on us, all, all these various mm. sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a very real, um, it's a challenge. Mm. It is a challenge.
0: So tell us about Better Dads. What What is it and what inspired you to Start better dads.
1: Well, look, I went through a divorce, a separation, a divorce uh, about six years ago now, and I just, I suppose, I saw, I, I saw a need. I saw what I needed to to get through my situation, mm. and and I wanted to be the best dad that I could be. I didn't I didn't want them to have to deal with the same sorts of issues that I had to deal with when my parents got divorced, you know, 30 years ago. And so I just, you know, from what I learned about what I needed to get through my situation um, uh, and what my kids needed, that I, I knew that there would be a lot of other dads out there uh, in, in exactly the same situation as me. And I just really wanted to help. And so i just i it, it's, I just wanted to start the conversation so I, you know I started talking with with other dads, and you know the, the funniest thing was is that what I found out what I've learned is that most of us go through the same sorts of things but it doesn't it's not necessarily a, a divorce or a separation, but in that whole uh, becoming a father, becoming mm. a parent and everything that that brings mm. that us. We as men we all go we go through the same things, but we deal with them slightly differently mm. um, but just just having that conversation seemed to to really help um, just to have you know just to put it out there Let mm. other people feel comfortable going knowing that they weren't alone mm. and so that's that's where Dad, and Dad started
0: mm. so I like it you've got this really collection of, I'm going to call them vignettes, small stories of other fathers that have been through um, or experiencing now some challenges with either children or relationship or anything to do with um, being a dad. And they're putting it out there, some solutions to it. Um, And I like the idea of this storytelling that, as you say, um, perhaps because men haven't traditionally spoken about it or, you know, there hasn't been the forum to do it Mm. and do it easily. I really like how you've been able to make that online and available to people to, to really tap into and it sounds like, you know, there's a growing, growing need and, and I might bring you now, Sam, into this conversation, I'd be interested in your thoughts. As a counsellor, how many men do you speak to that are trying to hold it all down? You know, those pressures of being a dad, juggling career and parenthood, you know, what do you think is expected of, of men as fathers in 2017 and, you know, are those expectations on the rise and perhaps what's decreasing?
2: So your your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, sure, Emma. Um, I think it. Look, I think it's such an important topic to be talking about, and Alex has already talked about um the fact that many many men, um and dads are in the same position. So many people are feeling, and this is reflected in the clients that I speak to. Everyone I speak to, um, who is a working dad, uh, feels all these pressures. Um, you know, um, on an ongoing basis, on a daily basis and the funny thing is um, it's one of those things where we're all in this together, if everyone's um, experiencing it, why is, aren't we able to talk about it a bit more, which is why these conversations are so important. Um, but it's, it is really interesting about the expectations and the pressures we have and how that's changed over time. Um, you've talked about being connected 24-7 sort of with technology, um, the expectations to be at work. Um, a demanding job but also be home to do work around their house to also Mm -hmm. um, interact and and obviously raise your kids and that's what everyone wants to do but life is just super busy Um, and so when I speak to my clients I just feel the stress of just Mm -hmm. such a busy life and it's really hard to fit all these things in that everyone wants to do but um, it it is really interesting that how it's changed over time and I've actually spoken to a lot of um, people from the baby boober generation just to get a sense of what the expectations were like for them, and they often, almost perplexed it when you asked, you know, what's what's it like, sort of, you know, what was it like, sort of, at, at work and managing work-life balance at home, or trying to in, you know, integrate both when you were in the workforce or if they haven't retired, and they would sort of look at me perplexed and go, well, the roles were so clear back then, um, you know, it was pretty simple. I sort of went to work, I, um, I did what I needed to do at work and I'd come home and my well, usually my wife would take care of the kids and my time with the kids was really on the weekends and often people would say when we went away. So yeah. it was a really different, so those expectations in a relatively short period of time have changed whereby the modern dad in 2017 is required and wants to, um, more than required, wants to do a really great job at work. Wants to be present at home for their partner and kids. But the reality is still that um, it's mostly women who will do the primary caring. So it's quite difficult for then um, for then uh, men to not feel guilty about being too. At work for too long, and not being spending enough time at home, but also the reverse—you know, um, leaving work early and worried about their responsibilities at work. So the pressure is quite um, intense, and it's d- very difficult for people to sort of find time for themselves and then um, and just relax and obviously have fun doing what they want to do, whether it be at work or at home.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right, and and I, you know, I hear that there's some ideas that you had, obviously, coming into this conversation, and they're on our screen now. I think are really useful. That question around how do you, in fact, close the gap then, if you want to balance successful career and responsibilities? What are the kind of things you're starting to have conversations with about with your clients?
2: Um, look, it's it's. I think the first thing is really just talking, as Alex said, is really just starting to talk about it. So often just one conversation where um, you a know, working dad or one of my clients just has has a chance for an hour just to talk about their life situation and what's going on. So And that really yeah. triggers um, awareness, it's such a simple thing but when we're sort of running out the door in the morning, going to work, juggling the kids. Doing childcare pickups, um, going home, taking kids to um, their different commitments outside of school um, and beyond—it's really difficult to um, sort of slow down and get perspective on your own life because mm. we're always on. Our minds always ticking away about financial commitments, about work responsibilities. So just having time, just to slow down, um, and just talk and reflect on your own life situation um, is so important. And you really see, even in just one session, sometimes when people are super busy, that people start to reorder things in their life and go, oh gosh, I didn't realise how busy I was. I'm running around and I'm, perhaps I yeah, don't need to. It's be. really
0: interesting, isn't it? And just that opportunity to reflect on. Mm, mm, interesting no, I think it 's the the ability to really set and think about your priorities as well, you know front and center you know when you're talking it 's an opportunity to think about how you 're using your time and what 's going on and and really being able to have that moment going, actually, am I prioritizing what I really care about, and you know is that that in fact my the focus and where I want to have it?" And I do think it's interesting this whole conversation around expectations because I think we all place them on ourselves, and then our families have a whole lot of expectations on us as well. We talk about the, you know, of obviously of dads wanting to be involved in raising and being available to raise their children more than the obligatory, you know, dad's home at bath time and, and maybe reads a story before bed, um, and more than you know, being able to just sing them on holidays and so on. What do you think the expectations are from society on fathers these days? Because we, there's so many conversations around this for mothers, mm. and I think it's, you know, often in the paper or in the media every, every week. I'm not sure the same is so for fathers. It has quite the media attention. But I wonder what, what do you think are of society's changing expectations on fathers these days?
1: Uh, look, uh, I, I mean, I, I think society expects a lot more. Mm. I think society, well, probably deserves a lot more of us as, as role models for our mm-hmm. families and mm-hmm. uh, as, as members of our community. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and that, and that, that means, um, yeah, playing a much bigger role at home, mm-hmm. um, being a better partner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 the interests, you know, what what interests your partner has, and you know, and so that that may involve, uh, you know, mm. it, well, it does involve a lot more communication between you and your partner. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, you know, you can ask your question. Yeah, I think society uh, definitely expects a lot more of us. Uh,
2: which is a great that- thing.
0: Mm. Go, Sam. Sorry.
2: I was just going to add in. I think. It, I mean, I think it's such a good point. And um, often, what you see um, externally, so we see images of what success is, um, and, mm-hmm. and it might be, you know, having a really successful career, you know, earning good incomes, all that sort of stuff. But then, obviously, with that comes a lot of obligation and, and huge time demands. So often. It's what we see externally, those kind of images that we just see every day are really different to maybe the conversations that we might have at home even with our family and friends going, I really want to spend more time at home. And then we're seeing all these conflicting images around what success is. I think that can often play on people's minds too.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I I interviewed uh, a gentleman, his name's Tim Brown, Uh, he's a a meditation teacher, he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. About how he chose when they had children to 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 not keep up with the the Joneses, you know. Mm-hmm. To they chose to um, take a step back and just focus on their children, mm-hmm. you know, to not put such great demands on them, but just to uh, you know live a live a comfortable life, but give themselves more time to be better parents. And he said it was was justified one day, he was walking down to the park, you know, kids all over him and juggling footballs and tennis balls and all this sort of stuff. And an old gentleman, you know, uh, stopped him on the street and said, my God, you know, it looks amazing what you're doing. And he said, I wish I had done that when Mm. I was a young man Mm. because, you know, I missed out Mm. because there was, he said, there's plenty of time for that, you know, Plenty of time for work uh, when your mm. children are grown up, but you only get one chance. So, like that was his validation, that moment, and uh, it, was, it was great, it was, you know, it's a good story. It's very true for, for all of us, I think.
0: And I think that just comes back to that whole piece around setting your priorities. Mm. And, and I want to move the conversation forward now to relationships because, Alex, you mentioned the importance around communication being, you know, there's much greater expectation and need for it. Um, around your partner and obviously other loved ones that are involved in raising a family. Um, And that's got to do with building stronger relationships. And we had a lot of conversation about this before, you know, we went ahead with this conversation today around, you know, what's really at the heart of what's needed around supporting um, dads. And this was something that, you know, really was important to you. So I'm interested in, you know, Tell me about your experience that you've gone through around the importance of of building stronger relationships. How, how has this been key to you, particularly given the fact that you've now got, as you say, two families your, your you know first children from your first relationship, your know, your children now. How has that, how's building stronger relationships been key?
1: Um, well, look, it's 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 been huge in my life. Obviously, you know. There's, you know, when your relationship breaks down, mm-hmm. and you're and you're a parent, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a that's that's a critical area, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to be there for your children and make them your priority, and so you have to become very aware of yourself and 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 um, and how you communicate with that ex partner and how you sort of smooth things out so you can, you know. Uh, Still maintain that relationship, mm. um, you know. And there's things you can do there, you know. It, it, and it's the same with your, you know, with your partner. Mm. It's it's about um, being aware about how, how they're feeling about certain issues, and uh, you know, planning and scheduling, and 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 you know, if my partner's tired, well, maybe that's not the right time to sort of you know, approach a subject or, um, you know, there's, there's lots of things you can do around simple things about, uh, you know, being aware at home, uh, aware of, of what you like, aware of what your partners need. Um, but it's, yeah, having, having, having good relationships with your partners is, is critical. It's really
2: important.
0: So you obviously went through a a period of um, recognising that after the split this is going to be important that you maintained a relationship with your ex-partner but you're now in a new relationship and and ongoing. How important off the back of that first experience and and first marriage has it been to invest in this And, and what are some of the things that you do to keep your current relationship on track?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think I talk a lot more. Yeah. I, I, well, I talk about what's going on for me and I'm, I'm much more aware of, of what my partner needs mm-hmm. and about what it means to be in a, a, a team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I've i got a, a, a 14-month-old and when when she was, just born, and I, I had a lot of stuff on at work, and it was I had a it was starting to get to me, mm. and I, I carried that myself until I, I got to a point, and I actually said to my partner, I, was, I just sat down for a minute, and I said, you know what, I'm really I'm really feeling it here at the moment. I'm really quite stressed, and just by saying that, just by by saying, you know, I'm under, I'm really feeling it. Mm. This is full on for me. Mm. It just kind of unlocked. Unraveled all this. I don't know. You know, it it just unlocked everything for me. And from that moment onwards, just having her support, mm. you know, uh, her, for her to know that mm. that's what I was going through. Suddenly, mm. it didn't. It all it didn't all go away, but it was mm. okay.
0: Mm. Well, you're able to start to deal with it. I yeah. suppose once you start to verbalise something, you're able to start to work on it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah that's right
0: and that comes back to what you were talking about Sam you know the importance of first of all just talking about it and putting it out there um, you know your your tips on here I think are really um, useful around identifying those current sources of tension which is really what you just did Alex in that moment was to go you know what I'm actually really under pump with this I'm really feeling it I'm, I'm feeling tense about this yeah. um, because you know once as I said once it's out there you've got a potential to do something about it. What other tips do you provide as a counsellor around this you know, building stronger relationships. Because I think we all know that there's a challenge once you become a parent because there's another person in your relationship <laughs> uh, and their needs are really demanding, particularly young children. And so they really can impact. Other thoughts yeah. on this topic from you, Sam?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, look, I, I mean, there's a couple of things I'd probably mention is, um, and it just goes back to that Um, Scenario of being a a modern parent and how busy everyone is, Um, and it's almost some sometimes almost seems too simplistic. Again, but I always find the simple things seem to work the best and are most enduring. um, Is just to slow down. So I often talk about to people who are super busy, and most of us, you know, are in this day and age. It's just to slow down, and it doesn't mean um, cutting things out. So it doesn't mean getting to work an hour later, or um, you know, don't take. Um, one of your kids to a birthday party or out to soccer training, whatever it may be. So you're not sort of cutting anything out but when you have realise that there's a lot going on, there might be tension in the relationship which is normal for everyone from time to time, it's just about just slowing down and slowing the pace of life down. So it might mean you get up ten minutes earlier in the morning um, so you're not rushing around so much, um, you might catch yourself rushing to the train and just slow down. You might not rush between meetings, or you might sort of not accept a meeting at work if you know you don't need to be there. So when you start to slow the pace of life down, you're more, you're less um, likely to react in relationships when things get busy, and you're more likely to be a lot calmer. So you're able to listen to what your partner and what your kids want. Um, and also, you see new opportunities because when you're less stressed or less busy, new opportunities and solutions um, can be become obvious to you that you just can't see when you're super busy because you can't see the the forest through the trees. And the other thing I sort of talk about in addition to slowing down is that when you are um, sort of you know you've identified some tensions perhaps in a relationship or in your life, um, when you talked about them and having an open conversation is go into a conversation, but without the expectation that you actually have to solve an outcome. Yeah. So it's like what Alex said before, um, yeah, Alex you said I think to your um, partner that you're distressed. You know you feel, you're feeling it at the moment, um, things are busy. So it might just be as simple as just, just having a conversation but not being tied to a solution because often when we're tired we're trying to find a solution and we're busy and stressed you never kind of get there and that can just um, cause more tension so often just saying i'm just going to let's just have a conversation let's just express what's going on but without ne- the need to solve it right now that can often be a really powerful tool that um, a lot of my clients seem to find really useful when they're trying to keep moving forward in you know in, a, in a, with, a, with a busy life yeah Could, can i add one one sure, thing sure
1: please do i'm just going to
2: say that
1: I think it's really important to show appreciation to you know to your partner to to make sure that you say to them um, you know thanks for all the for all the hard work and acknowledge your partner. I think that's really important because you know I, I know that if my partner says oh you know you're doing a great job or thanks for that or you know it I don't know it feels really nice mm. and I you know. A bunch of flowers, or a box of chocolates, or whatever. And, you know, I think, and a few nice words. I think, I think it's really important to acknowledge um, what everyone's doing because it's, you know, everyone's working, doing the best they can. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what it's I so, hear. So, so
2: That's is... a good tip. Sorry, Emma. I was just going to say, I think it's such a good tip. I mean, I remember I was caught. Uh, my partner said to me once, you know, you're um, you're you're being nicer to to the dog than you are to me at the moment, and you sort of go, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know. Um, so I think it's such a good tip just to remember <laughs> that we you know we're really close with people, and um, and we do forget the obvious stuff just to be nice and, and to be thankful and to be really warm. Often we do that with our pets more than we do with each other, which is quite funny.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and look, and these are the kind of things that as we move into this conversation around relationship breakdowns, where it can all go, um, you know, pear shaped basically, and because. Often with what you're talking about is about being aware, it's about noticing and it's about then acting on what you've noticed and, you know, not we know not all relationships are meant to be and are meant to necessarily be salvaged in the form that they were, but there is an involvement that has to happen with a relationship, isn't there, when children are involved and you're, yeah. you're breaking a marriage but or breaking a partnership but you're going to go on to have a relationship which is co-parenting but not together and that's challenging. So, you know, in your experience, what are the kind of things that come up that you'd like to share with the audience, Alex? Because I think again this is a topic that isn't talked about enough.
1: Yeah, well, it it's a yeah, it's a big one. I look. For mine, I when I was a kid, my parents divorced. You know, I think I, that's why I was so super sensitive to the fact that I really needed my kids to, to have the to go through you know they um, can you know carrying all my rubbish. Um I thought it was important to not uh, to not, you know, um you know, to to not put my children in that position, mm. and so it meant that I wouldn't engage uh, in 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 fighting. Uh, I'd you know I wouldn't send that text message or I wouldn't return that phone call yes. or you know there's because because it's like a raw nerve and that mm. that is the most difficult thing when your relationship breaks down. You know whether whether you've left the relationship or you the relationship. You know when a relationship breaks down, it's I don't know, I suppose it's not really one person leaving, it's somebody has been put into a position that they can't remain in it, so, mm. um, you know, it, it's very raw and very hard, but it's, you know, I, I think the most important thing is that everybody look to help themselves for a moment. Mm. You know, at that point, if you are in a relationship that's breaking down or you're having trouble it's important that you, you you could look after yourself at, mm. at that moment. Um, uh, you know I went and saw a counsellor, I, mm-hmm. I got counselling, mm-hmm. it was the best thing I ever did. Um, you know, and it kind of took the onus, it took, takes away the blame when you start to sort of get a bit of understanding mm-hmm. about what the issues are, why you're in that situation, um, it, it starts to become easier to... I don't know. Start to repair that relationship, and, and that that's probably the most important thing. You know, it's something that you know at Better Dads we sort of talk about a lot and think about is, you know, you need to to work on yourself, um, yeah. and that way it gives you a bit of clarity around, like I was saying, why you're there, and then it helps you understand the position that your partner is in and why they're in that position, or and, and, and that way, when you're communicating with them, everything doesn't seem so, I don't know, you know, it's not as raw. And then, you know, you can have those, you, you can communicate about your children, which is the most important thing because, like I said, you have to co-parent. You still have to maintain a relationship for the rest of your life uh, because you have children together. And, and, and I, I think that's probably the fastest way to do it. Um, obviously time helps but um, yeah yeah I mean look there's practical there's tricky practical things as well you know that you know you have to have it's it's school uniforms and school pickups and drop-offs and you know this whole whole range of little practical things that um, you come up against but it, it just it's about being organized um, mm. you know in a practical but yeah, the, the, the relationship breakdown. Um, you just have to take things slowly, and uh, yeah, just, just you know, have as little conflict as possible.
0: Mm. I like this piece around that whole invest in your own well-being really Mm. is what you're sharing. And if you can get yourself well and in a place of acceptance and Mm. understanding and self-awareness, then you get this chance to better self-manage, right, about how you want to respond and interact with your partner, whether you be staying with them or whether you be spitting from them. But that ability to just take a out for a moment, as Sam was saying before, slow yourself down, really think about priorities and and how you want this to go, you know, that I often think about it in a coaching sense of how do you approach something with a positive intent to get a positive outcome, which is really hard when you're feeling, you know, really um, raw, as you're saying, that raw nerve, it's really hard to not let your emotional um, imbalance, if you like, take over from that rational self. And and I'm interested, um, Sam, from your point of view, how do you help people I'm going to say I, I feel like it's crossing the river when because it's a crossing that river moment of yeah it's all you know it's hard there's a you know big a lot of water under the bridge um, and you've got to take yourself from that place of raw nerve um, and perhaps not being able to respond well in the relationship the way that ideally you'd like to to get into the other side of that moment of self reflection to go you know what I'm going to focus on getting this relationship, no matter
2: where it ends, in a better shape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean it's such a good discussion and I really loved um, what Alex and you were both saying then, um, Emma, just around about self-care and looking after yourself. Um, And one of the first things I say because it's when relationships, um, there's a lot of tension or they do break down, um, there's a lot of judgement and blame that goes on. But often, um, Mm. you know, often Mm. we see, I guess, in the media and, you know, on TV that it's often directed at each other but often the blame and the judgement first is most heavy on ourselves. So I um, Mm. just talk Mm. with clients about, well, look, you know, look, it's, you know, perhaps this is not how you envisaged your relationship to unfold but, you know, give yourself a break. You know, we're all doing our best given all these circumstances that have presented to us in life, that we're all doing our best. Um, even if things you know we want things to be different in the future, um, just to really give yourself a break a break and watch that negative self talk and often it 's really subtle and often it can be there um, quite a bit more than we know so just being really aware of that negative self talk because that just keeps you in that tense state um, and then if you 're able to give yourself a break you 're also then more likely to be able to move into that space that Alex was mentioning around being understanding. Um, of your own circumstances, but also that of your partners or if they become your ex-partner, of perhaps why they've gotten to a position where they're at, um, where they are, and things haven't worked, um, and then that also allows you to accept what's going on. You go, okay, well this is the way it is. Um, try not to judge it as bad or as bad or good. A break can be great to step back and get perspective on the situation. Doesn't mean it's going to be a permanent break. It, it may be, and that may be for the best as well. So it's trying to really change your perception of a breakdown and try not to look at it as a disaster, even though it might be quite hard and feel really raw. It's trying to just to slowly, subtly change your perspective and go, well, okay, this is just the way it is now. You know, how best can I move forward? So that's mm. kind of the, the conversations I have with people, especially up front when things um, when people come to me initially.
1: Mm. Yeah. Because, because, I, I just want to make that, you know, make a point
2: about you know the, the
1: biggest part. In, I've heard a lot of stories. You know, fathers, their relationships are broken down, and uh, you know, they, then all of a sudden they've got limited time with their children. Then they can't. Uh, there's all sorts of issues. You know. And it, it escalates. It escalates out of control. And it's you know sometimes. Well, I'm sure a lot of that could be avoided if you know from the get-go. You know, mothers and fathers had some great support. Um, you know, when their relationships were breaking down, rather than you know, uh, uh, not necessarily lawyers and things like that, but more about like we're talking about now about about a bit of self-help and. A better, getting a better understanding of their, their situation. Just to take that sting out. Because at least once parents are communicating, then, it, you know, things progress. Whereas if, if it just becomes a battle, well then parents lose out, but the kids lose out in a big way. And so I think it's really important for, for, for parents to, um, you know, together, yeah, yeah well, you know, breaking down, Really need to, to to communicate and have a you know, do a lot of work on themselves to to, to make sure things go smoothly.
0: Mm. I, look, I think there's this piece around often these critical conversations are not happening until the relationship is often in a in a bad yeah. spot, and then it becomes so much harder to claw your way back. And so this concept of actually investing in your relationship um, when it's well, I think, is important too. You know how. I often think about, even with my own husband, we have to really, um, well, we do make a, a point of at the end of each year and as we go into sort of the next year and we're thinking about what's happening for the kids and, you know, what year they're going into it at school. And we're having those conversations around what's happening, right, for us you know, um, the kids, and we start thinking about, okay, well, how do we want to manage this? What is going to be important this year that we need to work through? Because I know later when, you know, there are those tension points, well, at least we have something to anchor back to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it does help manage that whole blame piece, because you're actually able to hold each other accountable to the whole, but you said you really wanted to make this important this year. I'm not seeing it. So what are we going to do about that? You know, yeah. And you're like, oh wow, yeah, that's right, <laughs> you, you, you are, I can see in that moment you're holding me accountable to that, you're right, yeah, we have to have that conversation, but that's awkward to have if you haven't had the conversation in the first place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just getting to, um, yeah, you know, having those discussions with your partner, like I, we, we went and sat down and, and it was a, a, a meeting of some sort and you know, we both ended up sort of talking about what we wanted in the, for the future. And we sort of realised that we had never, hadn't really done that before. And it was mm. it was this fantastic kind of, you know, we ended up both saying, oh, this is what I want, this is what I want to achieve. And we both, we walked out of this meeting and, oh my God, that was like a, a couple's counselling session, you know. Mm. But, but it, you know, it was a, it was a chat that we probably should do, you know, once a week or, you know, how are <laughs> yeah. you going this week, or what do you yeah. want to achieve, or, it was it was unreal, you know, mm. to go, oh, so that's, you know, and people may, maybe they think they know that about their partner, or maybe people do talk, but, you know, certainly, um, it was great to know that, great to, to really know what my partner wanted, and how she was feeling and things, mm. really, you know, it gave us both directions, gives us both sort of Mm. the ability
0: to know what we we want, where we're going. Mm. So Sam, I'm going to give um, the last word to you because so much of this ties with this last piece that we said we talk about around making time for you. What's important because self-care has come up quite a bit um, and what are some of the other things that are going to be key to this? If you're going to um, be able to juggle you know, this managing these expectations of fatherhood, um, and you know all those things that you'd like to see happen for yourself um, in your life. Now, how do you reconcile that? How how do you create then for those things?
2: Yeah, look, it's a good question, and I guess it's sort of um, the sum of all the parts with a lot of this stuff. So, a lot of the things we've talked about today, it's really um, at the start just creating a real Genuine awareness around what's going on with your life. Just trying to be really honest with yourself um, and go, well, what are my priorities? So, if I uh, was to sit down and go, what are, write down all my priorities, you know, what's important to me, you know, where's family on the list, where's work on the list, where's um, time with mates on the list, and then look at your current reality. So, and go, oh, okay, so I'm saying family's important, but I might be working 10, 11 hour days. So it's also not, not trying to beat yourself up for that but just be aware of it and go, okay, right, so that's one of the first things I can do is try and slow down a bit, slow slow down on the work front um, but at the same time also when you're going through or reviewing your current life situation, um, pull out those things that you're really are really enjoying and really love. Because it's we often um, we're always future focused sometimes and looking to the future what we can change what we can make better. But there's a lot of good stuff happening now, and often with our the pace of life we sort of forget about that. So it's really just focusing on um, what's really going well, even even when life can be a bit tough. There's often there's always good things going on, um, and so when we slow down and take a look at them, they can be they can be really key. And the other thing Ooh. I talk to people about is having a really clear intention of what you want for your life. And it also goes back to that topic of um, tricky conversations. So you may, for example, if you're talking with a partner um, or even a next partner around the education of your children, you may want your child to go to a school that has a good science programme, a good sporting programme, a great arts programme to give them a broad exposure to different areas. But, And that may be your clear intention. Um, by having a clear intention without focusing on a specific outcome, it leaves you open to negotiation with a partner or even open to opportunities that you didn't um, realise were there um, in the first place. So if, if you did it the other way and said, I want my son or daughter to go to X school because of these reasons, then you've kind of narrowed your options from day one. So if you just have a clear intention but leave the outcome or how you get there open, it often makes negotiation, and also takes a lot of pressure off, and that's where creativity and innovation can come in, and you can really start enjoying these conversations about what will, where where you'll take your family, where where you'll take your work career as well. So it's kind of trying to really change the energy with which you're sort of looking at a lot of these life situations that are going on.
0: Okay. Well, thanks Sam. Closing comments from you on this topic, Alex, what is it that, you know, you've obviously done, you know, a lot of self-reflection and self-searching over the years with this. What are some of the things that you do to keep yourself on track, you know, making that time for you?
1: Um, uh, Look, for me, uh, I I make some, you know, for, for my kids, just having time with my children, you know, I set I aside some time, and I don't, you know, think about work. Put the phone away, and that's allocated for them. You know, for me, you know, and it's almost our, a better dads, It's our, it's our, you know, some of our principles. You know, it's like to be a better, a better, you know, to be the best dad I can be. I need to be a better bloke, and that means, you know, I think you need to be, you know, you need to focus on a bit of fitness, and you know, fitness is probably not the right word. It might just be as simple as going for a walk. Uh, you know, look after your own health. Um, uh, you know, I think for me, uh, you know, I saw a counsellor when I was in trouble. You know, I, I'd still do it if I needed help now. Um, you know, I meditate. Uh, I think meditation, uh, you know, gives you clarity around issues you have. Um, obviously relaxing uh, really aware of my own actions my own you know, my ego <laughs> you know there's sort of they're all they're all really the areas that I try and focus on and it and, and they and they got me to be the you know the best guy I can be and I've still got heap plenty of work to do there <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> but, but you know I, I you know what there is something that I've learned and that is to to enjoy what I have and my family and um, even having little kids and being sleepless or whatever it might be. I just try and be in that, you know, be in the moment with mm. them and enjoy it. Mm. You know, not look for the towards the future when things are going to be better or think about things in the past. You know, mm. it's really, you know, I've really found that trying to find the great things, like like Sam was just talking about, you know, there are good things going on. You know that it, that it's it takes this pressure off trying to um, have some perfect life or or mm. or be in a better spot. You know, because that just means where I am right now is bad. I mean, that's that's you know, mm. you know, it's not right. So <laughs> you know.
0: On the positives, you do. Yeah. Um, it's a good place to leave this conversation. We'll of course pick it up um, in subsequent um, Working Dads Connect sessions. This is what this is all about. We're continuing these conversations um, as we go. So we'll look forward to you joining us for the next conversation. And if you're interested in any other um, webinars that we offer, please do get in touch to info at parentsatwork.com.au and uh, here's a snapshot of some of the other things that we um, can help you with in terms of ongoing webinars. Um, thanks very much for joining us today, gentlemen, really great conversation and uh, look forward to having the next one with you. Thank you. Thanks.
2: Thanks. Thanks very much.